of, of falling over and, and sometimes losing games and failing at, at times or, and, or even simple things like, not simple, but um, disappointment, disappointments like injuries. Yeah. You know, it's a life skill where they, it really tests you, you know, your, your mental side. For like, sure. I'm going to have to actually, I'm going to have, uh, have to get better and, um, and uh, the discipline part to me is, is what I've learnt over the years and, yeah. and I just think it's, it's an awesome vehicle to coach and experience uh, resilience yeah. um, and, and young players coming through so mentally I, I will always remember the coaches that put me through that and I suppose my upbringing has been very um, strict and tough as son of a faithful owl. Oh, okay. And so I, I sort of, you know, I sort of knew that side. But to then have rugby to sort of come through, and and then I can actually use that vehicle as well to, yeah. to make me mentally tough. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm very blessed, and I'll, I'll always be thankful for that. Yeah, yeah. That that's the key, eh? the, the mental toughness. And well, with the yeah. growing up, because you grew up in Samoa as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I grew up in Samoa. I, well, a long story short, I try and keep it as short as possible. Uh, when I was four years old, we came to New Zealand because my father was uh, 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 trying to get his Faithful um, degree and become a, a Faithful in yep. the old days. And we lived in Auckland, lived in Christchurch. And then I went back when I was uh, 11 years old, 12 years old. And then I came back to New Zealand on a government scholarship in my teenage years um, when I was 19. And then I came back, uh, got my degree and started a postgraduate. And then all of a sudden rugby... Uh, I had an opportunity to play rugby and yeah. the rest is history I played rugby and then it became professional and then I became a rugby coach and then yeah. it became professional and I've been in the high performance um, rugby circles uh, yeah, for over yeah, 25 years now so what, what were you studying in your degree what, it was geography or something I did a BA, a BA in a geography yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then I started a, a master's in resource management oh yeah but wow. then I <laughs> And then the All Black, uh, oh, sorry, the Manu Samoa jersey came yeah, across, yeah. and uh, I thought, oh, well, I'll, um, I'll, try and, I'll try and do this. And then I tried to finish my degree when I was in Japan, uh, coaching for Suntory, um, uh, playing for Suntory, and then coaching. But um, but yeah, it just, oh, one of those things, you know, I never really got to finish. But Why geography? Uh, oh, I, I, wasn't, I, I didn't want to get lost. <laughs> 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 want to get lost? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I loved when I was in Samoa. I, I loved that was the topic I was really, you know, I really like geography. Yeah. I love countries. I love capitals. I love, yeah. um, I love people. I love. What, what did you want to do with that? Once you had finished it, well, I was, was, I was going to look at town planning. Town planning. Yeah. Oh. It's funny because Michael, Michael, at the time when I was coming through, I think not Michael Jones got a town planning degree. Oh, right. And obviously, everyone looks up to him, and I thought definitely. Oh, I get a degree like uh, like, yeah, like so ice, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's why I really enjoyed it. That's awesome, man. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, uh, Sir Michael, obviously very well educated. BG Williams, Sir BG, very well educated. And now yourself, you know. It's, I'm not well educated, right? <laughs> but you had the ambition. Um, to yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to get I wanted, an education. Yeah, which I, wanted, is, I wanted to get an education. It was yeah. it was definitely the, the driving force behind my coming to New Zealand. Do you think that's an important? Uh, thing for the the young up and coming players to try and achieve is a, is something outside of rugby. I mean, they all have natural talent that that make it to these levels, like the under twenty New Zealands, the Blues, the Auckland teams, and stuff like that. But they should always have something back also to fall back on, right? Yeah, I think so. Is that I pushed within so. the, the the Auckland? Oh, uh, definitely, yeah. definitely through the programs and the campaigns I've coached. It's uh, uh, certainly the holistic part of rugby is really important. You know, your lifestyle. 
um, outside of rugby, uh, jobs, schooling, yeah. um, family and relationships, all that. I think it's absolutely, it's even more important now yeah. with the pressures of rugby and yeah, the, yeah. you know the expectations now. Not everyone's going to make it, yeah. but you still need a skill and all that to, to obviously move fall forward in life and, yeah, and yeah. fall back on it. So yeah. many, many stories are, are around it, but yeah. some successful ones and some real sad ones as well. So For sure. it's becoming even more difficult now with the game becoming more high pressure, more um, uh, pressure from families as well, to, for, oh, yeah, yeah. for players to... Especially our Pacific families, especially, unfortunately, right? Especially our Pacific, and I've seen a lot of examples, obviously that's what I used to coach, and yeah, yeah. I've been in charge of campaigns that that look after that side of the, of the game so I've heard a lot of sad stories in our Pacific communities where they have talented young men uh, they obviously have a future in rugby but they get caught up with these I call them sharks almost of management you know or, or agents and they make them sign these contracts but they don't read them properly and even if they don't make it and they end up working out like a pack and save or something like that they still have to give this agent a little bit of the money is like, well, that's ruthless. Yeah, man. yeah, and especially cool. in, the, in the early years, yeah. there was quite a lot of um, a lot of that happening. You think that's been squashed out more so? I, I, th I think oh, I haven't heard lately of, of many stories like that now because there is there are certified um, oh, yes. agents that's now right, that yes. you, you can't just walk up to, yeah. to 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 players now and all that. So it's all it's all quite um, it's all quite uh, monitored, well monitored, and now and. And, and those agents actually, you get found out, and yeah. um, it's it's funny because in New Zealand it's very small. Yeah, it's very small now, and when it comes to agents, um, you know, you, you can't be a Mickey Mouse one now because uh, you won't make it. Yeah, well, you won't. You you'll won't be found it. out. You'll be found out, and you yeah. get spat out. So yeah. I, I just couldn't believe that people would do that sort of stuff to young men, you know, and especially vulnerable young men who yeah. come from a, not a wealthy family that see those opportunities of them making big money in professional sport and then for it to all come cr crashing down on them, you know, it's, it's yeah. horrible. I think Andrew Blowers was dealing with a lot of the leagueies over in Melbourne. Yeah, 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 so he's over in Melbourne Storm, so he's been there for a while. He's done a good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, well, he's a good man. Or, or the, yeah, yeah. Good Max boy. Yeah. <laughs> we used to call him, uh, when on the All Blacks, we used to call him Nationals. Nationals? Yeah, because he always said he was a national player at this sport and that sport. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he was built in. Yeah, he Even was. As a young yeah, fellow, it was like, my goodness, we yeah. had Arnold Schwarzenegger going oh, on at And it was around the time too when Carlos Spencer was... You know, oh, okay. It was around the... There was a big... Toffee Pop guy. Toffee Pop, and because of creatine. Creatine was... Uh, Is that what it was? Yeah, boys loved creatine and they got yeah. into it. Well, this and was uh, when the professional rugby first started, uh, yeah? Yeah. Because yeah. you would have had sponsorships coming left, right and centre yeah, in those yeah. days, yeah. right? Yeah, they Would they free. give you the warnings about what creatine could do? Um, yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah. But they hadn't actually ruled it out at the time, so everyone was just loading up from creatine. Wow, okay. Yeah, it made you look good, but it didn't make you fast. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Speaking of uh, rugby, obviously that's why you're here, bro, but... Um, you were one of the few players that got to play for Manu Samoa as well as the All Blacks back in, back in the day. When, was, when did you make your debut for Manu Samoa? How did that happen? Uh, I came when I was in Wellington. I, I debuted for the Wellington Lions in 1991. Uh, sorry, I was in the Colts in 1991. Yeah. I was 21 then. And, and then at the end of that year, I debuted for the Wellington Lions. And then at the start of 92, yeah. Um, yeah, Manu Samoa came knocking on my door. And I think it was um, it was BG, 
Yeah, BG was BG. coaching yeah, uh, the team at the time. That was after the 91 World Cup. After the 91 Success World Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you can imagine, you know, it was, yeah, man, man, it was a real awesome opportunity. It put them on the international book, really. Yeah, it certainly did, like, yeah. It thrust them into yeah. fame. Yeah. yeah. So there was a whole uh, movement here in New Zealand as well. Like At the time, I still considered myself from Samoa because I, I just finished my scholarship, my scholarship. Yeah. So I was um, doing my master's at the time. And then obviously the Manu Samoa was big, and then uh, all the New Zealand born, or the New Zealand based um, players were real keen to play for Samoa, you know? So Even New Orleans like Frank? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Bash and all the young oh, all yeah, the guys. Yeah, 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 so, right. so, you know, that, at the time there was, um, there was a real drive to play for Samoa, and, yeah. and we had all those awesome uh, players, you know, sure, Timo sure. Tangaloa. Jesus, um, Shinta Tupu, Danny Kaliopa, Junior Tonu, yeah. Stephen Bashir, I can go through the whole list. But that team was really, that period of three years yeah. was really strong. It was real strong. And, and um, the great Peter Fats was in still Fats. had an involvement in it then. Was yeah. he still playing? Or was he, he was still playing, playing? Yeah, yeah. Wow. So he played right through. Um, and uh, in 90. So we had a tour that came to New Zealand in 1993 and then we played the All Blacks yes. um, for the first the big one in Eden Park. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that was, you know, they call it the bloodiest test match. Okay. You know, they the, yeah, it was, it was, it was just, it was so bloody. Yeah. The light, bloody as in there was bloody everywhere because the collisions were so, yeah, so high. Yeah, it was heavy. It was real heavy, yeah. It was awesome. That was an awesome year because that, well, I think that was the last time Samoa really toured here. Oh. And we had midweek Didn't they come in 97 or was it? I remember oh, Cullen scoring God. like five tries against them or something. Oh, the 96, the 96 one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was the yeah. last, probably the last time, right? Oh, there was, they were just uh, games. They weren't really a whole tour. Oh, right, okay. But that 93 team, we, we toured from oh, the north right really? down to the south, yeah. How cool Actually, we went the other way, from the south all the way to the top. Wow, so you played the NPC teams? And yeah, yeah, yeah. We played the NPC teams. We um, played in Monganui. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we played in Marlborough. Wow. Um, yeah. We um, scored 100 points that, that day. It's Marlborough. Yeah, that was my first day ever I captained the that I actually first day ever I captained the team. You kept them? I guess I kept in the midweek. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, so that was that was awesome, right? Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, that, and that were fun times. Again, like I said, there, there, there's not many players that transition from Manu Samoa to the All Blacks. Yeah, well, especially nowadays, it won't happen. Right? No, no, well, it can't because of the rules and all that. And Do you think it should go back? Oh, it's been talked about. It's still the same, the same rules now, but it's it's a very difficult because um, world rugby haven't really made it easy to to do it anymore. But yeah. at the time, ninety three, um, at the end of that year, the All Black coaches um, came and asked and said, "Look, you're good enough to play for the All Blacks." Yeah. And I was like, "What All Blacks? Jesus, everyone wants to play for the All Blacks at the yeah. time, you know." And I was like. Um, I said, oh, well, I'll, I'll keep playing for some more for as long as I can, you know, and then maybe later on. But then they brought the ruling in, yeah. um, which was that you have to have a stand-down period. Because Bunsey and yeah. Dash and all those guys, there was no stand-down, like you could actually just play yeah. in between. Right. But when they brought in the three-year stand-down period, I was like, well, we might miss the chance. So Junior Tanuku, um went first, yeah. uh, and then I... I just said, right, I'll, I'll give it a crack just in case because I'm, I'm not sure what I'll be around. Yeah. If I'll be around in three years to, to have a crack. And then Frank Bunce? And, uh, and Bunce, yeah. Bunce yeah. went first, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it was Bunce, Bash, uh, Junior, and then me. Mm. 
And then after me, it was Delamika, Jory Vendu from Fijians. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so there's a, there a whole group of us that, um, that because of the stand-down period. And, um, yeah, and some of them waited for three years to get back in. Yeah. And uh, they made it. Joey, Joey, he stood down. And Delamika stood down for three years. Yeah. And, uh, and, and they made it eventually. Wow, wow. So, yeah, the rules were... It was just difficult back in the day. Yeah. Were any regrets about doing that? I mean, not really, eh? I mean... Well, not really. I mean, there's no... When, when the rules change just like that, it's yeah, like, well... Yeah. In, in my head, and I was very, very clear about it, it's like, well, I'm not sure what I'm going to be doing in three years' time. Sure. Yeah. And, and not only that, it wasn't as if, oh, should I give it a crack or not? It's yeah. like, when when the All Black coaches actually give you a ring and say, hey, look, you're actually... That's right. You're actually good enough to do this. Yeah. I was like, well... Oh, put you in a position there. Yes. How about how about Dad? What was his views? I mean, obviously he's very oh, hard to get yeah, yeah, he didn't talk to me for about a week. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a really tough one. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, we often talk about it, but um, he was doing a, his church service, and then I said like that, the All Blacks come knocking my door, and he said, "I will carry some old which is don't leave the. Oh really? Don't leave some more. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then next week they rang again. Yeah. And I rang Dad, and then this time I couldn't hear the other side of the phone. <laughs> and oh. then he said, "Okay," he said, "In and Samoa, I phone me and I said, which means it's hard for you to do what I'm saying, but it sounds like your heart and your mind is in that." Really yeah. And so uh, his only advice was, "Do it and do it well, yeah. and uh, give it a hundred percent." And then I just went. <laughs> and I just started crying and then yeah, yeah, yeah the rest of the history I gave it a crack yeah and then I made it so I was very blessed yeah well at least you can say you played for both right yeah <laughs> where your heart is and then where you, yeah. you know, where you really wanted to be at the end there was, yeah I mean yeah. you couldn't play for if you were a Samoan you couldn't play for any better teams than Manu Samoa and, and the All Blacks right yeah yeah and it was it was just a blessing at the time yeah, you know, yeah. at the time and um, as I said uh, everyone who knows me um I'm forever grateful for these opportunities and ever since I finished playing I've always been trying to coach and get yeah. back and Well even Manu um, Samoa, right? You coached him? Yeah, you I coached Manu Samoa and I had a stint, I had an opportunity to go up north um, to coach in Europe but I wanted to coach Samoa because of yeah. uh, it was an opportunity for me to give back to the country and yeah. obviously I'm from uh, there so I thought I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. And so I did that and it was a good chance to, to also connect with my dad and spend some time with him. After in Samoa? In Samoa, yeah. after being away for over 25 years. So, oh wow. Yeah, so yeah, came to New Zealand on a scholarship and yeah. ended up being a rugby coach and that's here I am still going. <laughs> that's the thing with rugby, the opportunities that can give someone that works hard and you know, commits themselves fully to it. The opportunities are amazing, right? It's like yeah. almost Forrest Gump-like, right? <laughs> All the things that you would have seen and the people you played along beside and the joy that you gave your dad, the disappointment that you gave yeah. your dad. It's just a roller coaster of emotions and yeah. opportunities and successes, right? And successes. And saying that though, it, it's uh, it's not it's not made up for a lot of people because yeah. it, it can become very difficult. Of course. Um, and uh, you know, coaching is is a cutthroat business, yes. and especially at the highest level, yeah. uh, at high performance level, you you know, it's not it's not made for everyone because you know you have your disappointments and yeah. uh, gigs don't come around all the time. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And you have a certain window 
to, to obviously get the best out of, of players and, and and get the best out of yourself. Yeah. And um, I, I get a I get a real buzz doing it because yeah. I've been passionate about coaching ever since I was young. So um, I've just been very blessed as I always go back to. And I just love going back. Yeah. Yeah. You don't mind the pressure of coaching? Because that looks <laughs> looks miserable from the outside, mate. I remember uh, 99. Was it 99? Yes. And yes. John Hart was the coach? John Hart was the coach. And the yeah. backlash he got from yeah. the New Zealand public. Oh, yeah. And back in those days, you know, everybody didn't have a voice because we didn't have Facebook or the yeah. internet. Yeah. But he was still getting bashed oh, left, right, and centre, all sorts of nasty stuff. And it took a long, a long time for Hardy to bounce back. Hey, like I remember he, yeah, he, he. I think he medically he, he suffered as well. Like he, oh, just, I don't blame him. The, the hatred, yeah. the unnecessary hatred, and the, yeah. the evilness that people were spitting out. Really? Like, dude, what are, you, what are you talking about? You know, yeah. they've lost a game of rugby. You know, he hasn't killed anybody. Oh, no. You know, we've lost a game. It happens in, in the sport that we all love and follow. I know you're passionate, but yeah. you know, pull it back a bit, man. Let the, give the man a little bit of a break. Like, well, I, I don't think it's getting any easier as well. I know, it's quite harder now. Or social media, everyone, or, everyone, as you know, you know. Yeah, yeah. everyone's got a voice now, you know. <laughs> Even these crazy people that are sitting in their bunker with <laughs> playing games all day, they all have their massive opinions on, you know, who should yeah. have been picked and why didn't you do this? It's like, well, I don't think you've ever played the game. You have to be quite strong. Coached. Yeah, You have to be quite strong and you have to have a thick skin and you have to... You have to be really passionate about what your true values as to why you're why you're doing it. So yeah, yeah. yeah. it really brings out the ugly side of, of people in their natures, really, doesn't it? Yeah. But you know, you, you do your job. Don't worry about all those comments because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter, does it? No, not to me. Uh, the, 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 the main people that matter to me is the people that I'm dealing with. Yeah. My management, my coaches, um, my players, yeah. and and obviously the fans. Yeah. And I understand the, the ugly side of it, but yeah. I like to think that. I don't know, that's probably 20% versus that's the right. 80% of people, people that, that yeah, are really, yeah. really good people. And, yeah. uh, you know, and sometimes that 20% are just people that are quite passionate and uh, yeah. they're having a bad day, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they jump over to the 80% when it's good. <laughs> I think it's a bad month in the year for most yeah, yeah. But with, with coaching at that level, I mean, the boys or the men or the women are already at a certain level, otherwise they wouldn't be there, right? Is it more a mental kind of... You've got to get them into the right mental state. I mean, they still have to do the basics at training and stuff, right? But they're at a level where they they they, know, they should know how to kick, pass, and run, right? So, as a coach, what are, what are the main things or main points that you're looking to do to these guys to make them perform on a on a field? What? Yeah, and I'll, I'll probably speak on obviously the level that I've coached sure. at yeah. because I think that's important to put it into context. Because coaching a young side versus Obviously, coaching a high-performance side, uh, there are many different barriers there. But yeah. if I speak about at the highest level, high-performance, whether you're coaching a NPC side, a Super Rugby team, or a international team, um, you're right. When they're coming to you, there's a, they're the best on what they are yeah. in those positions. And so your task is is quite simply to get the best out of them to perform their skills yeah. and. Um, at the highest level, it, it's really making sure that they're making good decisions under pressure, under pressure. and uh, being able to do that consistently uh, week in, week out. Yeah. And when you have long campaigns, you know, you're, you're going to get the ups and downs and, and how your systems are set up to, yeah. to pump them up yeah. and then to rescue them when they obviously fail yeah. and then to build them back up week in, week out and uh, week in, week out. And, you know, as coaches, we 
we give disappointing news to players every week. Yeah. So you know, you a player's losing his contract selection was if he's not, and so you've got to have the tools and the, the skills to make sure that they want to come back and yeah. compete. You know that they're not going to obviously spit the dummy, and and you're going you're going to get players like that. Yeah. But the culture and the values and what your team stands for needs to bring the best out of those players. So ultimately, that they are winning. Yeah. And also playing in a way that. You know that the fans enjoy, and yeah. and most importantly that they're growing. Look, I love watching players coach. I coach players so they can grow. Yeah, you know when they're growing, they got new skills or they've achieved something. You can just see it's. I call it the aha moment. Aha! I've, 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 I've actually achieved something. That's the most rewarding for you. Oh, you, for me, you yeah, see that sort of yeah, stuff yeah, like? yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I certainly whether it's a young player that I've had since he was born or it's. Could be like your son, Sully. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> I watched Noah come through. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like watching watching our kids come through and then having a part to to play in their achievements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when they go on and play for other teams and that, I yeah, I get a real buzz out of that. Eh? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Cool, cool. I hope someone does that to my son. So <laughs> you know, it's, one day. And one day I'm 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 trying to help help him achieve that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And it would be hard in the village back home to oh, think, to picture yourself. You know, <laughs> imagine where you would be. I've never even bloody... Because remember, I, I didn't play... Oh, you, no, you don't even know, but I didn't really play rugby. Really? No, I played it properly in New Zealand, bro. Oh, when wow. I went down to Wellington. Yeah. So yeah. What, what were you doing? No, I was just playing touch. Oh, really? And volleyball, yeah. So no rugby? No. Until how old? Until I was 19. Oh, <laughs> what? Yeah. You're kidding 20. me? That's why I said the 21 in my first part. When I, when I started playing in, in 21... I made the under twenties that year. Yeah, yeah. But then I made the Wellington team straight away, and then two months later or three months later, I was uh, international. Was this? Um, this was within six months, bro. Some magic uh, powers that you had <laughs> that you didn't realise. Sounds that way. I mean, after all these years, Dad, Dad wasn't a didn't want you to play rugby or. No, no, no. He just said, get get into um, school. Oh wow. We just you wanted your education. Education, yeah. Get our degrees and yeah. How many, how many brothers and sisters do you have? So I have, have one brother and three sisters. One brother and three sisters. I'm the oldest, yeah. Oh, are you? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. And your other brother, did he have the rugby talent as well? Yeah, he played. Yeah. yeah back in, in Samoa, he played. Right. But right. I, yeah. He, but he became a pilot. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So he just for Samoa Airways? He flies for Virgin now. Oh, true. Just in Australia, yeah. Oh, wow. Brenton's uh, like... What's that? What, what was the name? Brenton? Oh, Brenton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Far up. Yeah. Man, that's unbelievable. So you had touched the rugby ball. Oh, I, I sort of touched. You played touch, touch yeah. But, yeah, but you hadn't really run nah, around nah, with a nah. uh, meaningful oh. sort of team or nah, anything like that. Not smashing people or anything like that. Is that right? So I had to learn it all when I was in, in Wellington, yeah. Wow, that's amazing, dude. I know, I was lucky, bro. And yeah. once again... And because you wouldn't have had all the injuries that most 19-year-olds who had played rugby their whole, nah, whole life had yeah. had, you know, the knees or the shoulders. Nah, and so I was very lucky, bro. Straight out of... Wow. Yeah, but then I, I did get some major injuries and then... As as I said, those test you, bro. Yeah, of course, bro. Of no, course. No, no. Just just going back to the players that you uh, coach. I mean, you, you're coming across young men with egos, and you know they they're young and they, they know the world as well as we do now. That yeah. we're you know getting on in years. How do you how do you control those boys? How do you um, pull the egos in or, or <laughs> put them in their place? Because I would I would imagine that you'd get you get a few boys with they've come through the schooling system and everything's been given to them on a plate. And they think that the world owes them instead of you know them owing 
Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. How was that? You, you almost have to be like a psychiatrist, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting because a lot of yeah, I've had I've yeah, I can't name these. Names, no, don't name but, them. But, um, but I have had a lot of experience of yeah, what I call um, chopping them at the knees and grounding them. I suppose is the best way to put it. Yeah. And um, making sure that uh, you humble them in a way that I humble them in a way that um, that they realise that this is the way we do things. This, this is what we expect, and this is the expectation. Yeah. And I suppose I was known quite, and I'll just use probably mainly the Auckland one, because I think that's a really important one. Um, it's really about the the team that you're going into, and what you need to change yeah. to obviously achieve things. And at the time of Auckland, I. I had to really have a look at the culture and and ask the question as to why such a historically successful union, yeah, um, why the team wasn't performing, yeah, considering the talent and considering it's a tough question, right? It's a very tough question, yeah, yeah. but it's a it's a honest question that needs to be asked. But some people wouldn't want to hear that question, would they? No, they, they didn't want to hear it. Mm. But if if the goal is to is to become the best of what we can and to start winning, which is basically my my, my role as a coach. Yeah. Um, I have to change the culture, and yeah. I have to change the culture, and I have to change the way we do things, and we have to set some boundaries and some expectations and some um, some values that we can sort of say, right, this is what we're going to stand for now, yeah. and these this is what it looks like, and more importantly for the team at the time is this is what it doesn't look like. Yeah. Because that's the part that I think is very important. Sure. Um, to answer your question, um, that's where youngsters come in uh, with their expectations. Oh, I'm used to doing this. I'm yeah. used to doing that. You know, um, you know, where's my gear? All that sort of stuff. And yeah. so the entitlement, the entitlement part, is is the part that I suppose uh, comes with players that have been in, in environments. Yeah. And we just got to obviously work with that and. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and again, it's expected, right? Because these are young men. They, we, well, I remember how stupid well, I was. That's the society. As a nineteen, twenty-year-old. This is the society that we are dealing with. Yeah, yeah. Let's just say that's the the type of player yeah. that that I'm getting and that we got at the time yeah. in, in this particular case. Have you ever had a success story where they've come in uh, entitled and then you've seen them turn into a not only a yes, good rugby player yes. but a good person? Yes, yeah. absolutely, yeah, wow. very, very, very much so. And that's the rewarding things that you see, right? And yes. That, that mean more to you then? Yes, and, and, and I think that's the biggest one is because when their parents come in and talk to you and say thank you and when yep. they come to you in the future. and I had one player, um, he's an All Black, he went on to become an All Black. He he didn't talk to me and he was a really good friend of mine. Oh. And he didn't, uh, and this is the Hurricanes uh, example, and yep. he didn't talk to me for a year and a bit. And uh, because um, of of me obviously cutting him and then also um, telling him the realities of where he was in his particular time and uh, and his at the time sorry of where he was yeah. and that he wasn't really uh, all that you know wow. and there's a reason why he's not getting selected for national teams anymore and so he started moving around different franchises yeah. and uh, eventually he came back and sort of said, oh, I think it was the best thing you actually did to me is to, is to actually make me realise that I actually have to work my way back up. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And uh, he ended up being player of the year that year and, and won 
pretty important trophy for everyone and he's uh, now still my, <laughs> my best friend so wow. um, and that's just a case of, of a friend and uh, I deal with a lot of youngsters that uh, back to your question that's that's what they come from yeah. that, that's what the expectations are yeah. and the answer really is in a campaign these are the values of what we're aiming for gents and the byproduct of that is we're going to win stuff yeah but uh, these are the boundaries and this is how, how we have to live and the team will always come first. Yeah, yeah. And these are the team values. And if the values are done by the players. Yeah. If you can get them in, on board. On board. And you believe that the structures and the, yeah, uh, the infrastructures, uh, everything is what you believe will make a winning team. Yeah, and we guide them in that way. Yeah. You always come back to that. Yeah. You always come back to say, these are our values. And unless that's changed. Yeah. We this is this is how we're going to win. This is how we're going to actually achieve big things, boys. Yeah, yeah. So it's and very it's very easy to to review if we know we come back to the values of our team. Would you always have an exceptionally talented player that's kind of the bad apple in the cart? Would, would, yes. Would, how would you deal with that? Would you would you say because with you being in a public arena and you put this guy on the wing uh, on on the bench, you will be like, what are you doing? This is your best player. <laughs> you know, from everybody from the outside. But well, that's what happened to the player I was talking about before. You know from the inside yeah. that this guy for a whole team environment is not, not, yeah. not working. Yeah. So I, and it's really interesting that you brought that up because when Graham Henry became my assistant coach for Auckland, yeah. we had a case like that. Wow. And we were interviewed on that. Yeah. You've got your best, your best player and Alama, you've actually put him on the bench. What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. And Ted was annoyed because he was the best Statistic, statistically, he was the better player yeah. uh, at the time. But but I also had another player who was doing all the right things for the team, not as talented, yeah. um, being very honest. And so, yeah, we, it was it was a really good argument and good discussion. And the fact of the matter is that guy, that player, who was a really good player, because he was dropped, and then he went play for the bees. Oh yeah. And then he sh he played really well in the bees. Yeah. And then he came back and then started for the team, he went on to become our player of the year. Wow. Simply because of that. Because, yeah. You know, he, he had to change, and he had to fit in with the team. Yeah, yeah. You know, and because, you can be a superstar on your own, but you can't, you have to be part of the team. team. The team always comes first. Yeah, yeah. And I've been very strong on that. So, of course. Yeah. Well, the, the coach is like your dad, right? Your dad's not always your friend, right? <laughs> very rarely is your dad your mate. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm good mates with my son, but, yeah. you know, he's at an age now, but... When he's growing up, you're not always their friend. You, you're trying to guide them in the right direction to yeah. make them good people and, and achieve things that you maybe never yeah. achieved. You know, so I would say that you're like the, the father figure of a, yeah. of a team that you're coaching, right? Yeah, you're yeah, not going to make everybody happy all the time. No, I yeah. must admit, I had a really uh, first-hand experience of that. I coached my son in Wellington. Oh, yep. And he was a this captain. is just recently. This is right? just recently. So yep. this is well, three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. And it was the first time, first time I've actually coached my son in the team. Yeah. And where we have to obviously critique and all that. Sure. He was the captain of the team that day. Yeah. And um, and we won really well. Oh, so we lost. But I used him as an example because he was a captain. He should have been setting an example by not giving away penalties. Yes. And I, I, tell, you, I tell you what, Patrick, it was difficult because I... And I used him as an example. You know, you should be leading by example, yeah. Akira. And I said, that's an example about discipline. So we started giving away all these penalties. Yeah. And uh, Akira is starting with you. You know, you're the captain. You shouldn't be doing that. But I only used him. I didn't use anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> and then afterwards, it was, you know, everyone in the team were going, oh, jeez. 
Yeah. He's, he's booked on his son, you know? Uh, and I was like, well, he was the captain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know he's my son, but he's the captain. He should be, that's more the case. Yeah, yeah. Not because he's my son. Yeah. But wasn't when, 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 when we drove home together, I was like, hey, son, you know, I was just... <laughs> yeah, sorry, you want to be yeah, yeah. No, no, that's right, Dad. That's right, I understand that. <coughs> but that night, I, I couldn't... Um, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't sleep from it. Felt a bit. I felt, I felt yeah. a little bit. So I checked with him again in the morning. He said, yeah. no, 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 I understand, I understand. Oh, he's a good boy, mate. Yeah, he's yeah, got a big yeah. future ahead. <laughs> I think he could see the relationship was yeah. coach and, and captain, right, instead of dad. And, yeah, but that's yeah. pretty cool, man. Because I've seen yeah. a lot in the past of coaches actually putting their their kids on pedestals, you know, and not making them accountable for yeah. the actions they've done on the team. Not at that, not at, not even at that level, you know. We're talking about. The lower grades, of yeah, yeah, yeah. but, but it, for you to do that to your boy, you know, it, I'm sure yeah. you'd understand it, build some character. Yeah, no, it was good for me as well. Like yeah. I've, I've never experienced that. Yeah. And as I said to you, I'm, I'm in between gigs now, but this was the opportunity to go and teach and coach oh, my yeah. son. How oh, cool was and, that? And it was, it was really amazing. cool. Yeah. But I didn't realise I was going to feel that bad. That bad. <laughs> did it? Did it feel different to coaching an Auckland team where you uh, your boy? Yeah. Did uh, it have more it was a little emotionally? It was a little bit like um, Caleb. Caleb was, because Caleb, we're, we're cousins, so we're cousins, me and everybody. Oh, that's okay. on our, yeah, 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 on yeah, that yeah. side. So we're all, um, we're all family. Oh, okay. And, that's uh, where all the... It was similar to, to the first time when I coached Caleb. Yeah. You know, when, um, obviously when he knew I was going, oh, coaching him. Yeah, Uncle, it's so good to see you coaching. <laughs> and I was like, um, <clears throat> from now on, Caleb, you can't call me Uncle. <laughs> can't call me Uncle all the time in front of the players, you know. And then... Um, but yeah, just thought uh, obviously then coach him and see him come through as well. So Philo is also related to yeah, yeah, Philo, yeah. Philo, Philo is uh, my uh, second cousin as well. Oh wow, my dad's side. Yeah, so me, Philo, and Ronnie. Uh, Ronnie yeah, wow. on my dad's side, and um, and same as Michael, Michael oh. as well. So we're all re related. Really, back in the day. Wait, that's yeah. a strong gene pool right there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so heavy hitters in there. Criticism back in the day was and and I. Uh, I have to say it because it's just the way things are now. It's criticism we accepted as part of of us getting better. Yeah. If somebody said something to you, okay, we'll be strong enough to sort of say, right, I'm actually going to use that to get better. Yeah. But criticism now, and um, now it's sort of framed as feedback. Yeah. You know, it's it can now really, really make it make a kid quit, really? and really make him. Um, suffer, oh, and, yeah, and I've, I've realised the just the levels of resilience and ability to for players to take feedback and use it to grow. Yeah, is probably not as strong as it was a little bit in the early years. Are we talking about mental resilience? The mental resilience is yeah. basically what yeah, exactly that. Yeah, you know, yeah. I just think players accepting uh, first of all, a real, realizing actually this. Feedback is about, yeah, I agree, yeah, or no, nah, I, I disagree. So the awareness part, yeah, you yeah. know, you've got to get that one first because yeah, yeah. you know if they don't realise they've made a mistake, then you're never really going to get through. Yeah, They'll just yeah, say, oh, nah, yeah, this coach is useless. Yeah, anyway. I want to get somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> you go, oh, well, you're more than welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, and then once they realise that, and then it's how do you, how do you, give them the the tools to sort of say, okay, well, yeah. you failed here, you, you really need to give them solutions, yeah. you know, rather than sort of say, go and fix it, yeah. you know, you, you need to now say, okay, so next time you do this, here's solution one, two, three, 
you decide which one yeah. is you know, executed better next time. And that's what, once again, I go back to the, the environment and the culture and, and what your values are. Yeah. And making sure now, as a coach, you have to be quite prepared. Yeah. Make sure you're technical, your tactical, your strategy, and making sure that those players understand, okay, well, this is the framework of what we're working on, yeah. and we stay within this context. Yeah. You know, rather than go, okay, well, we'll because there are too many answers out there for players, players to get. Yeah. I just think there's it too much confusion. Yeah, yeah you know? for sure. And there's too many answers out there. I understand. I, I get confused yeah. all the time as well. <laughs> 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 like, what? Like, what uh, as, as my dad always used to say, just give a simple. Yeah. <laughs> the kiss theory, right? Yeah, give yeah, a simple, stupid. Rugby is very simple. And I, I just, sometimes I, yeah, I just don't know why we have to complicate it. It is simple, eh? Yeah, you're catching and running with a ball and catching. Just about, yeah. Yeah, and but if you, th- if you look at the rule book of rugby, though, it's pretty thick, right? <laughs> the referee almost has to be have a doctorate in <laughs> oh, no. in reading and refereeing because oh. it's like, well, my goodness, that's a lot to oh, take note of. That's a that's even another subject, eh, like yeah. the rules and, and all that. But I just think as coaches and the players, and yeah, I really like profiling. I like profiling a, a team, a player, and then making sure that you coach yeah. to bring the best out of their skills. Yeah. And then if they haven't got the skills, then coach them the skill yeah. that you want to make them better. Or, yeah. you know, whether he can't kick on the left, you know, it's all different. Yeah. And it, it's really around the style that you want to play. And yeah. I love I love coaching Islanders because sometimes it's just as, 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 as what you call it, um, fine tuning their skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've they, got the God given gift, right? And that's the thing. Yeah. Everyone says they're naturals. Yeah. But and this was really funny because we had a high performance course that we discussed it. Is it really natural or have they actually been doing it when they were younger? Mm. And the reality is that actually been, you know, somebody's not born naturally with, with skills. They've yeah. actually, they've been playing skills like that when they were young, their freedom and all that. Yeah. So when they get older, it looks natural. But like I was saying with the gene pool thing with you and Ronnie, yeah. Philo and Sir Michael, I mean, you've got a little bit of God-given gift there where yeah. <laughs> once you have that talent, then you combine those two together, you know, doing what you did when you were little, but also having the physiques and the, the legs on you boys, yeah. you know, then obviously that's a, a good equation to equal quite a good rugby player, right? But you have to work at it. You have that's to work, of course, you, of course. You can't just all of a sudden not use it. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that's where it becomes more natural because you actually use it all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, True. It, yeah. If you there's no point in having talent, but if you can't, if you can't use it, then yeah. it's you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that's actually on that note. I love watching players that all of a sudden go. I didn't realise I could do that. Oh, yeah. You know, because as a coach, you can actually see someone who's got that skill. Yeah. But they've never really realised it. Nobody's really given them the key to unlock, unlock that, yeah. unlock that, yeah, um, yeah, that yeah, talent. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I love watching, especially forwards. Though, like when I coach forwards. You know, tipping and then pass, as an example, long passes, short passes. Yeah. And they're like, shucks, I didn't realise I can do that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and this, in this culture, mate, you can actually do that because yeah. it's a skill. Yeah, wow. You know, yeah, I, love, I just love, I love that, eh? Yeah. God bless you, mate. I mean, it sounds, <laughs> the coaching thing sounds very rewarding, but on the other hand, it sounds like it can be a nightmare at times. <laughs> so God bless you, man. We need more people like you out there coaching Thank our, you so especially our people. Yeah. <laughs> need some of our voices, you know, teaching them and coaching them and aspiring to be the people that are telling them what to do, right? I mean, you obviously had a very strong father that was well-respected and, and knowledgeable in the community as a FIFA, right? So you saw what it, it, it had to take to be somebody that 
other people would listen to, right? With dad and yeah. being involved in the church and yeah, he's a leader, so yeah. how he would bring communities together and you know Absolutely. make them thrive, you know. Yeah. Was it in Fakasa or in Fakasa, yeah. Oh, yeah. So he went to Malo, is that what he was in he was in Malo, yeah. Oh yeah. right, right, right. Is he still practicing? No, no, he's a, he he retired years ago. But he um follows that don't know my father was a Fafiao and then Fafiao and Fiscal Kay and then he was a um General Secretary, and then became the Chairman, and then oh, wow. you know he's, he's the Chairman for Finance Committee. So he's he'd been a scholar of of the Church for many years, even before I was born. Wow! And so you know I, I was supposed to be in the Church, I suppose, if you have been brought up. And my yeah. mum, even on my mum's side, she was the daughter of a Fafiao as well. So. Oh, wow. There's a heavy connection there, right? Yeah, the, yeah. The church. Well, it's always been the backbone of your family. Yeah, it? It, it has been, yeah. yeah My yeah. name, Al Alama, is, is Samoan for Ar Arama, which is the language of Jesus. Oh. And Yeremia is obviously the, the prophet in the Bible, so. Wow, wow. Supposed to be in the church, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's not too late, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Personally, you know. <laughs> but you see, your faith for you know, there's a lot of uh, similarities there between a Fifio and a coach. Hey, yes, you know, you've, yeah, you've got your helping people, and, yeah, yeah. and the, the dramas that you have as a coach, and also the dramas a Fifio would have, just dealing with people, right? Yes. Now, but back to your rugby career, mate. You, you, you told me that your journey was a little bit different, and we've covered a little bit of that with you playing for Money Samoa, but yeah, it's really different, eh, bro? I was, I was reading through your Wikipedia, I was like, oh, oh. Was like that all the time. <laughs> you were like the first first player to score a try in the the Super Twelve, eh? And the Super yeah Super, super Rugby, rugby. ninety six. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that was against the Blues. <laughs> yeah, I remember it was. That yeah, it was. It how, was against the Blues. How was that becoming a, a professional player? Like, like it was like it's at, at, at a different level, right? After the ninety five World Cup, where yeah. the Aussies got beaten in um, South Africa. Yeah. And then all the stuff that was going on in ninety six. You were all part of that. I was all part of yeah, it. Josh yeah, Josh Confeld and Jeff yeah, Wilson Jeff doing their bit, and then yeah. you had. Who was it, Murdoch or somebody trying uh, to... Yeah, yeah. So Murdoch was, I was doing the Super League. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, we all got paid $100,000 just to... Those boys were getting paid a mil just to sign up. Hey! Yeah. And, th this uh, is the one that didn't eventuate. That didn't eventuate. Yeah, okay, yeah, wow. Yeah, so they had sign-on fees and... And then, yeah, it was, it was amazing, man. And, uh, I, yeah, I was working at the bank at the time and lucky I just came across it and the game turned professional just at the right time and I was there at the, and I was, like I said I was pretty blessed to be in the right spot yeah yeah and um and then yeah the New Zealand rugby said right everyone that wants to stay with New Zealand rugby down here everyone that doesn't go over there yeah and so we just listened to the leaders at the time yeah Fitzy and and, and that crew they said right boys uh South Africa is not coming online they have pulled out Australia they're not on it was quite all fuzzy who so all sitting there going, uh, okay, looks like. And then um, Jock Hobbs was in the room next door yeah. with New Zealand Rugby saying, okay, those that want to actually stay, come through here and sign these contracts. Yeah, wow. And so I just walked straight in there, okay, thank you. And it was like, oh, okay, 250k, sign it. But I would have preferred to sign the million dollars one. <laughs> But I guess two fifties are okay. A little bit of difference. Yeah, 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 yeah. Between two fifty yeah, and a million bucks. Uh, okay. But you got your creative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, what a crazy time! Oh, bro. It's, oh, did I it split? Think. Split you guys? Yeah, yeah, it did. It yeah. did. It split us. Basically, yeah. And then there was an unspoken sort of anger and hatred towards the guys that that started that. But the reality was, we were the start of the professional rugby yeah. in New Zealand. 
And you see it flourishing now, right? You see. Well, it's yeah. Look at, look at it now. It's, um, and, you know, yeah, it's it's just come a long way, and I feel very, very privileged to be part of that. Yeah. And and to be the beginning of that. It's yeah. Crazy yeah, story, man. Yeah. What you guys had to go through. And the hurricanes itself, you know, hurricanes. We didn't really have a proper team at the time because we had the the best of what was left over because all the other franchises were like they were strong really they yeah. took they took most of them. they took all their players and then the hurricanes we only had a certain amount and then everyone that was left over from the other ones they all came into the hurricanes you had christian cullen left over we were all the main guys there oh, but yeah. remember junior Tonu oh, yes. and all those boys yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. andrew Bowers at the time yeah. Ken osborne uh, Kupi Vanessi up from Highlanders, Fino Maka, uh, yeah. one year. But yeah, it was like, but we just made it work. And, yeah. and uh, the one thing I always remember, because the All Blacks then toured South Africa. That's right, 96. 96, yeah. yeah. And, and when we went to Africa, we won obviously the series for the first time. You were on that, you were on yeah, that tour? Yeah, I was on that tour. But the midweek team, yeah. the midweek team of that year, was 90, 80% was the Hurricanes. Oh, yeah. yeah. the top five were the Hurricanes, the back line, the wall Hurricanes boys. Wow. And so, so right. to me, the success of the Hurricanes that year was the fact that the midweek team was predominantly Hurricane players. Wow, wow. You know, and I was, I was, I was really excited about that. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, Frank Oliver, um, bless him, mate, he, uh, and Graham Taylor, and, and then Brian Williams, Graham Murray, all those coaches in the early years. Yeah you know, created a real exciting time for the Hurricanes. Oh, a great culture too, by the sounds of things. Yeah, a great culture and the way we played the game. Yeah, you guys were pretty exciting, man. You were having Cullen at the back there. I mean, <laughs> you, you just want to get the ball to him and, um, yeah. him and Tunnel, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. we, we just be... wanted to run everything. Yeah. We had a license to do that. You had a license? Yeah. We I remember that try, I think uh, Cullen scored against uh, New South Wales. Was it after Yeah, the... from deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just almost under his yeah. try, I know, and he just took it. It's called Cobra. Because he doesn't, he can't pass, man. <laughs> he was hungus that day. He was all? He was a hungus. He should have passed that twice. One one time to Philo and one to me. I saw Philo sprinting out. I think Philo didn't look too happy. That was also me. <coughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you, bro, he was, uh, he was probably the most freakish player. Freakish? Definitely. Because he's not ever. a big boy, right? I've ever seen him on the sidelines at Eden Park. But yeah. I mean, he was, he was pound for pound, he was strong, right? He was strong. Yeah. He, he, he bench pressed 150. Oh, is that right? Yeah, and wow. he only weighed like 70 or 80 kg. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't a big dude. Oh, he was powerful, man. But once he exploded on the scene and the, and the way he stepped, the yeah. thing with his step was he didn't slow down. No. Nah. Hey, you know, most guys are jigging, but oh. he just went boom, boom, boom. Man, he had six gears, bro. <laughs> <laughs> six gears? Oh, bro, he just took off. And, and uh, it wasn't unusual for him to score those sort of tries, eh? No, nah, from deep. From deep? Yeah. yeah. Like, it, it, it wouldn't be a fluke. No, you, you do have a look at his highlights, mate. I, 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 I made a highlight clip of myself because he was a hero of mine. Yeah, yeah. It was just that 96 year where um, yeah. where the Super Rugby came in and yeah. he started playing for the All Blacks against Scotland That's and right. Manu Samoa. Yeah. It was like, who was this guy? Oh, you know, no. We did a documentary in my first year here in Auckland in 2018. Yeah. And we did a documentary just specifically for him. For Cully. Yeah, and wow. it was amazing, bro. Mate, you played with some outstanding players because you even had yeah. a... Yeah, Jonah played quite a bit. Yeah, Jonah's done it. Yeah, that's that's the year. Obviously, the year of two thousand, where uh, also the stadium got. Um, oh yeah, that's the, right. The new stadium. Athletic Park. Athletic Park. Did, you, yeah. did you play in um, the England game with Jonah? Yeah, you were there. Yeah, I was wow. there. That was amazing. They took it to me. It was quarter final. Yeah, quarter final. And then then Jonah and then we, we, and then the following week we played France. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Because yeah. so, I remember Dalali and Neen. Was it Dalali and yeah. Neen or Juno <laughs> and Juno yeah. getting angry and Jeff Wilson coming? Oh, yeah, bro. But it was uh, the, the French, eh? And, the, and, and the, then we played the French the following week. And the knock on or the forward pass, was it? Oh, yeah. That was all that stuff. Yeah. And then they just crumbled, eh? <laughs> yeah. I, kept, I remember walking off and Craig Dowd, he was, he was like this. Yeah. And I walked off, I just got subbed. And I always, always crack up because I said to, um, I said to Hardy, you should never have subbed me off, mate. Yeah. Because we were leading at the time. <laughs> but then as soon as I came off and Gibbo went on, then we started, the whole freaking thing went downhill. Who replaced Daryl Gibson. Oh, Daryl Gibson. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, right, right. Yeah, I felt from. Yeah. You know, we had a joke. Anyway, we were all part of the team, but I had a joke. I said, hey, we were leading when I came up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That wasn't my fault. I actually you shouldn't. Have, you shouldn't have, yeah. You I shouldn't have pulled won. me off, Sonny. We wouldn't have lost. Oh, wow. That wow. was funny. But that, that built character, right? Oh, I did. I mean, bro. you guys went through hell. Yeah. The whole team would have suffered after oh, we did, bro. coming back from Derry. Oh, bro, we did. And that, that probably yeah. extra pressure in that 2000 game then with, you know, Australia coming back like that. You yeah. You thinking, oh, my gosh. After that game, because obviously John Hart finished, and then Wayne Smith got appointed. Yep. Wayne Smith came up to me, and he goes, uh, if I picked all black team now, I'm like, you, you, you wouldn't be in it. Really? I was like, oh, okay. Wow. Thanks, Smithy. <laughs> and he goes, yeah. And so we'll connect again in the New Year's and um, and have a, have a chat. Did he give you stuff to work on? Yeah, that's what I said. Then we connected in the New Year. Oh. And he says, right, this is what the All Black team is going to be like moving into yeah. into into this year. Did he and tell you why you wouldn't fit in? Oh, because I was a crash and bash. And that, because my role for that game, for that year, 99, and, and I said to Smithy, I said, well, this is... This is the way we were playing, yeah. Smithy. And he goes, okay, well, that's fine. And then when we met in January, because he does the rounds, and he goes, right, the All Black team of this year is going to be playing an offloading game, and we're going to... Wanted you know, a distributor in the centres? Yeah, we, we want to we wanna do a lot more passing in the midfield and all that. I said, yeah, cool. Yeah. And then, it's funny, because you mentioned that game, the 2000 game, uh, that test match was the most passing, most intellect linking play that I've yeah. done. Oh, really? And uh, and Smithy came up and patted me on the back and says, well done. Did you enjoy it though? I loved it, bro. Did your whole dynamic But that's what changed. I'm saying, like I said, unlocking a skill, right? Yeah. Here comes a coach that says to me, people, people think you don't have yeah, a skill yeah. passing. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's a good challenge, but I can actually pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no coach has really told me that I can actually use that skill. Yeah. And so, it, Redefined how I actually played, it redefined how I coached, yeah. and it, it just opened something in me to say, right, here's a coach that really pushed the right button and helped me grow my game. Yeah. And I lasted another, what, that was 2000, I lasted another five, six years. Yeah. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It could have been quite easy to take that criticism and say, well, I'm going overseas yeah, now, yeah, yeah. stuff you know. You know, I know. I know, I know who I am, I've done this, I've done that. And so I was just so happy to, you know, that year I finished and I said, thank you Smithy for wow. for, for uh, making me grow as a player, even though I was, you know, 28, 29 years old now, but yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. But, uh, but I'm still going overseas now. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Thanks for the skill, bro. He's a Where did you go? Japan, right? Yeah, I went to Suntory. Eddie, How jo long were you Eddie, there jo Eddie Jones came and got me. Eddie Jones? Yeah, that's oh, his wow. club, Suntory. Man, that guy's been coaching for forever. Yeah, yeah. So Suntory is, is oh my, it's, that's basically my life up there because they, they gave me a lot of 
obviously apart from the money, but they gave me a lot of experiences. I had, I started my family there. I, oh yeah. And my sons. Your there. boys were born and my two boys were born up there. Wow. Did you learn the language? Yeah, yeah. I oh did. wow. And yeah. you can still. I still yeah. I speak fluent uh, Japanese. And, wow. And I had, um, I learned a lot about um, coaching rugby and playing rugby because Santori is in a, is obviously with Eddie Jones. It's yeah. a, an Australian type of uh, club. Oh. And so I was one of the few New Zealanders that came in there. And so just watching all these Aussie coaches, watching the way they coached and yeah. the skills, and then <coughs> and then I I became a disciple of uh, of Eddie's and yeah, wow. I coached that way and I brought that style back to New Zealand. Eddie Eddie didn't get, is like a chess player, like a, he's playing chess with his players. Like they, they have seats <laughs> over here. Is that right? That he has to determine if you <coughs> the ball in this part of the field, then yeah, you yeah, need yeah. to move the ball here. Then so we're gonna that was around the time of the Brumbies, yeah. The Brumbies yeah. had a playbook that was obviously 300 paces thick. It was really thick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, and that's how they played back in the day. And yeah. they obviously they won the championship yeah. under, under Eddie. They were very strong. And right? they were very strong. So yeah. that was the type of rugby at the time. Yeah. And then when I went up to Santori, that's 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 what I, you learned. That's what I learned, and I'm still connected to the team. And having all the players come through, and obviously wow. we had Damien McKenzie just mm-hmm. lately, and yeah. we had Bodie up there the year before. So yeah. we have a really strong connection. connection so in my last year, last year with Auckland, we brought a uh, Hashimoto down, um, uh, Aruga. He's a seven for them. Oh. So we had an exchange program where he came cool. and met some. The, the Japanese are different people, man. I was up there with, with Noah at Sanix. Yes. And um, they'd come out and they'd train two hours before the game. And they, they wouldn't be going easy on each other. They'd be smashing the crap out of each other. Yeah. Before they even got out on the field for an 81 game, it was like, yeah. and they all will hit you. Yeah. I was like, wow, these guys are, they're different. You know, the, their mentality I is. I think I think a simple way to do it is we all know the saying, quanti- quality before quantity or quantity before yeah, so up in up in Japan, it's quantity. The more you do, the better. <laughs> it's, right. it's not so much about the quality. So yeah, yeah. that's just a, a cultural thing. And cultural. Yeah. Just, yeah. And yeah, they love running and they love doing it for hours and hours and hours. And yeah. That's just a, a Japanese practice yeah. that's been going on. And I, not I, only for rugby, it's oh, society. It's they, that's, know, that's 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 just the way it is. It, it's just a, an example of the mentality and the yeah, way yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not ethic. just there, like you say. It's Across, yeah. across them culturally. That's right. Which is pretty cool. It's the the different. Oh, I know Waimana is doing pretty well up there. Oh yeah, yeah, yes too. You would have had him at. Uh, I did. Melbourne. I did. I uh, yeah, um, I had those boys when they were coming through the academy. Yeah. Um, him and I think it was Harry Plummer's era. Yeah. Um, Paulie Roach, I think. Paul, yeah, yeah. Paul Roach, uh, Taniro Tila, all those young and obviously Caleb. Caleb Caleb coming through the system. So yeah. 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 Um, to, to grab all those young players coming through, and, yeah, yeah, and then Salisi Rasi just arrived up from Wellington. So yeah, yeah. you would have played with his dad, right? Yeah, yeah. wow, yeah, we're very good, we're very, very tight actually. And yeah, we're golfing mates as well. Oh, I right. love taking money off him. Of. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, so uh, we'll, we'll cut this off. But what, what's um, what's in the future for uh, for yourself that you can tell us about, mate? Is there some opportunities in the pipelines coming yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, there is, there is, and uh, I can't say it right now because I have to um, let the organisation announce it officially. Yep. Um, but I've obviously told you offline, so um, sounds it, exciting. It is yep. very exciting. Yeah. Yep. Um, very, I'm very excited about it, and it's um, very similar to the gig I had um, with Auckland, and I feel it's the right time to to move into this um, this organisation again. Yep. Um, 
because it's, it's something I'm quite passionate about and it uh, reminds me a lot about what uh, what I did here in Auckland and I was quite passionate about it and yeah. looking back. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty buzzed about it and I'm just really enjoying this time with my sons awesome, and um, helping them coach. Pretty coach important, them. pretty important. I think so. Yeah. Uh, I've always been told, enjoy it before it goes, you know, yeah, before yeah. you know it. That's right. As you know, as a, as a dad, they'll... We'll yeah. probably be leaving our houses soon, and one they day. live one day. They live their own lives, and yeah. we'll be don't want to sit there going, "Oh, I wish I, wish I had done that." I wish I had done that. Those so. would probably be the most uh, regrettable stuff for me, anyway. If I didn't spend time with my kids, oh. or you know that, that sort of thing, but that's, that's I do regret not being an All Black or any <laughs> any good in rugby, actually. But no, no. That's the well, you're serving our you're serving our people now doing this program. I take my hat off to you, bro. I well, thank you. Uh, this is awesome, and as I mentioned to you, to you before off camera, it's uh, for us to have had these experiences. It's nice to to give a little bit more background and a little bit more context to yeah, what yeah. has happened in the past, and yeah. If it makes a difference to somebody that wants to pick up rugby, or you know, if it's something that can help us move forward for the youngsters, then I've I've always been I've been about that because it's it's not really about me; it's about what we can pass on to our our kids for the future. Yeah, well, it was when you were having a few quiet ones with my son that uh, <laughs> he was telling me, "Oh, that was rough." Let me wait. And I was saying to him, do you have any idea who Alama is? <laughs> do you know what he's done in rugby and what he's achieved? And he's like, no, not really. He's just the Auckland coach. Like, Dude, give it, go to your roommate. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I asked him if he could ask you. And oh, I really appreciate you, you coming in, bro, because this has been an awesome one. I really loved the conversation. And like I say, when I was growing up watching the All Blacks, you see mm -hmm. these things on the field, but you don't know the background story and to hear the background story it's like yeah. for me being a bit of a geek I'm like wow that's me that's, <laughs> that's and with you spending time with Jonah and, and Christian Cullen and yeah. Tunner and Sir Michael you know the, all these players they're legendary players along with yourself actually right the, yeah. the stuff that you've done and achieved has, has been amazing so um, thank you so much for coming and spending the time with me also I know you're a busy man and I know you're going to get busier, and I'm glad, uh, I, glad I grabbed you and was, had, had enough courage to actually no, uh, no, no, asking my son to ask you. Because <laughs> it's not always that, that plain sailing, man. I ask people and they ghost me, I never hear from them. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of takes my ego, but I'm like, oh, yeah. you get over it, mate, get over it. But um, thank you. Also, anything in closing, Paul? No, I just want to say thank you very <coughs> much for, uh, for the opportunity, as I mentioned to you. It's, mm. uh, these are the stories that are really important and not only my story but obviously your your program and your podcast it's it's awesome for our people to understand and, and know sure. and yeah. that you know we've achieved a lot of good things yeah. and oh, for sure, not man. just myself but you know having podcasts that are accessible to everyone that's going to make a difference to all our, our kids and our future and, yeah. and even to older people that you know might help them make decisions around um, mm. becoming better people and and as you've heard me mention, it, you know, there are hidden talents that we all have and yep. if we can unlock that and grow and become better people for it, for sure. then I feel like I've contributed to uh, to helping people. So thank you very much uh, for the opportunity, bro. It's, thank you. I'll, thank take, I'll take my hat off to you. Thank you for uh, all the opportunities you've given my boy too, bro. He, oh, yeah. he has a lot of respect for you and Philo, uh, uh, you know, he, he loves you guys and um, he's really thankful that he's crossed your paths and uh, you've influenced him uh, in a small way. You know, with with your coaching and, and your uh, teaching, so I, I appreciate that, bro. Thank and, you. Um, I wish you all the best, man. It sounds exciting where you're going. Yeah. Um, and I look forward to when that's released, so I can 
<laughs> no, I knew that before that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also, thank, thank you. you very much. Thank you. Also. Appreciate I'll, it. I've, I've taken it.